The Outside World is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Do you want to go to Bedlam? You want to go to Dallas for the Big 12 championship game? You've got Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute tickets up to 60% off. It's not about what the outside world thinks, it's about what does. You know, what do you have in that room? And the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Another edition of the outside world starts right now. I'm John Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Hayes on air. You can follow my co-host Jason Kersey as well, at Jason Kersey. A close game last night in Norman as we record here on a Sunday morning. And Oklahoma wanted to choke this thing away, but they were able to hold on to the end. There's a lot of takeaways from this. But first, but first, I have to go back to Bookley Radley Hiles, his game ceiling interception. When I saw that, I could not help but to think about your story earlier this season about his deceased brother that he never met. I saw him make the pick. I saw him point to the sky. And in that moment, it was just, it, it was it was such a great feeling for this young man. And I know how important takeaways are to this defense. What was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, I had the same reaction. And then after the game, we talked to Buki. And, and uh, he told us his, his cut, you know, he was kind of, his family was struck by tragedy again. His cousin Anthony died <clears throat> this last week in California and his whole family was was at the funeral. His whole family was back home, so he had no family at the game uh, Saturday, and he wasn't able to be at the funeral. So, um, getting that interception, um, I, I think, was a pretty pretty powerful big moment for for Buki uh, that he was able to do that on the day when when he couldn't be at his cousin's funeral. Man, this young man has been through a lot, and I don't want to undersell the interception. You know, there's sometimes where you just you know make a pick. The quarterback puts it on a silver platter for you. This was a diving interception over the middle, took the ball away, uh, and sealed the football game. In my mind, I know there was so much that went on um, during this game, but at the end of the day, for me, that was the biggest moment of this football game. What was the biggest moment for you? Oh man, there there were a lot. I mean, it was a it was a really interesting game. I mean, you know, OU OU should have won this game by two or three touchdowns and. Um, you know, if not for uh, an interception, a, a really ugly interception by Jalen Hurts, a, a fumble, another fumble, his fifth of the season by Jalen Hurts, um, it would have been a, a blowout. And so, you know, I think about those plays, um, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think Kennedy Brooks had a lot of big runs uh, that, that helped them, um, that helped them sort of seal the game. I mean, really what I think about more than anything is that this team – this team is is really good. Um, they the uh, the defense is playing extremely well. I, I what what I can't help but think is that if this this team had last year's defense, 
um, you know, they, they'd probably be, they'd probably have three or four losses. But if they, <clears throat> but honestly, if this team had this year's defense and last year's quarterback, they might be undefeated. So I think, um, I, I think it's just a really interesting team. They, they, you know, they got Bedlam this week. They got the Big 12 championship. They had Oregon lose last night. They are right in the thick of this playoff race. And uh, and yet they keep sneaking by with these wins. It's the third straight game that they've won by uh, by four or fewer points. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the playoff because I'm I'm on theathletic.com now and I'm reading uh, the headline um, that you wrote last night, and that it's if Oklahoma is going to reach the playoff, it's going to have to run to get there. That story is available on the, on the Athletic. We appreciate you listening. Here to the outside world, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can become an athletic subscriber at theathletic.com slash the outside world. You can get 40% off an annual subscription. Trust me, go there, subscribe, and get all of Jason's great work. Um, nobody covers the Sooners like like he does. And I want to dive into that article and that column that you wrote post game because it starts with the idea of, and we will get into the playoff, um, it starts with, and I'll read verbatim here the lead. Quote, it is well past time to acknowledge this glaring truth. No, Oklahoma simply does not have the same level of quarterback play this season that it did with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. That's a big time takeaway from that game last night, Jason. Well, it's true. I mean, you look at um, you look at some of the passes that Jalen missed last night. He is not the passer that those two guys were. And it's look, it's it's not it's to be expected that they weren't going to have Heisman Trophy number one draft pick level play at quarterback every single year, you know, to infinity and beyond. And I think that's what people thought they were going to have uh, because Lincoln Riley had set that standard. But Jalen Hurts is not Baker Mayfield and he's not Kyler Murray as a passer. And that's okay. He doesn't have to be, um, but he's not. And so, um, you know, OU's offense ran, was most efficient last night and the week before and the week before that when they were running the ball when they were running the ball they they do not need to throw the ball 40 times a game um they they need to run the ball with with Hertz and with Kennedy Brooks and Ramondre Stevenson and when they do that uh they they're going to be able to to pound people and and the truth is last night if you know if they you know take away everything else if they keep running the ball instead of uh, Jalen Hurts throwing that interception um, if they keep running the ball uh, and Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble like he has five times this year, um, OU wins that game in a blowout. And you could say the same thing about the Iowa State game uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, uh, he he has put up ungodly numbers this year. I know that he's, I think I saw, you know, he's the third quarterback to throw for 3,000 and rush for 1,000 yards in college football history. I mean, he is putting up a lot of great numbers, but we are seeing now uh, – Frankly, we're seeing now why Tua Tagovailoa replaced him in, at halftime of that national championship game. He's just not—he's just not a great passer, and that's—and that's okay as long as OU is clear-eyed about what this offense is with him running it. When you look at the box score, it's hard to disagree as far as passing is concerned. Eleven for twenty-one, one hundred and forty-five yards, two touchdowns, and one interception for a QBR of seventy-six point eight. You're right. That that is that is not ideal and not something that you would expect from from Kyler Murray and or Baker Mayfield. But when you look further down into the box score, uh, you you see 28 carries for for Jalen Hurts, 
173 yards, over six yards a pop, and two touchdowns there. So even with that poor performance in the air, here's a guy with four total touchdowns. So he's doing things for you, even though maybe the passing game isn't where Lincoln Riley wants it to be. So I think we're at a fork in the road here, Jason, because it's not like this is September 24th. You know, we're recording here on November 24th. It's Bedlam week. And then it's the Big 12 championship game. That game is set. Baylor, Oklahoma, the rematch. We all know Oklahoma's big-time comeback in Waco and how that kept this, this, this Sooners team and their playoff hopes alive. We're looking forward to that rematch. But first, you've got to go and take care of Oklahoma State at their place. It's time to build a game plan around what you have. Uh, if if what you're writing is true and, and when you look at the numbers and you think about the interceptions over the last two or three weeks, Jason, you realize that for the rest of the season, like you say, this Oklahoma team needs to focus on its rushing attack. Although, when you're a one-dimensional football team, especially on the road, that could be an issue. I'm not saying they should run every single play. I'm just saying that, you know, the the run should be the absolute focal point uh, of the offense. The offensive line is sort of come, starting to come into its own. Um, you have Brooks and Stevenson. You have Hurts running the ball the way he is. That, is. that is their bread and butter this year. They are not the same offense they were last year. And, uh, you know, you still have C.D. Lamb. You still have Lee Morris. Um, you still have a lot of those guys, Charleston Rambo, that can make plays. But you know, it, it there there was a there was a drive in the second half last night where they ran a bunch of times and then they used that to to throw a, a a thirty or so yard completion to Lee Morris. I mean, those are the sorts of things that the passing game is going to have to be able to do. And um, it, it's just, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know. I think that what we saw earlier this season with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. Was, was maybe a little bit of fool's gold. I think Lincoln Riley put those guys in a lot of really good positions. They weren't playing as good of teams as they're playing now, as good of defenses as they're playing now. And uh, and so that's what that's what OU is left with here. And and uh, and, and that's okay as long as everybody, you know, like I said, is, is kind of clear-eyed about what this is and what it isn't with, with Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, running the show. But this can still be a great team. Uh, the, and, and the other thing is, John, that – if they play the way that they played last night and then the second half against Baylor by running the ball a lot, um, controlling the clock, that is good for their defense. Their defense was on the field for 45 plays last night. And uh, second half of Baylor, they were on the field for very few plays. And when they're on the field for fewer plays, they're, uh, they're going to be better, they're going to be fresher, and they're going to play, play better, they're going to have takeaways, all of those things. This team... Is, is at its best when it's running the ball a lot. And I'm not a huge stat guy, but I'm going to throw one more at you. I think this offense, and Lincoln, Lincoln Riley realizes that, Jason, because they rushed 64 times last night compared to only 21 pass attempts. So, I mean, just looking at that, I think, I think Lincoln Riley and his staff already know. And if, if you're going to project how things go moving forward, this is a running team, and that is a good thing because self-awareness not only is important in life, and self-awareness is one of the most important things when you're a head football coach. you got to know what your team is capable of. And 
rushing the ball 64 times last night and only throwing it 21 times, I think it seems like this coaching staff is is completely aware. So it's a 28-24 to 24 final. Oklahoma gets it done. It's the final regular season game at home this season. Man, that went quick, huh? Man, it sure did. I can't, I, you know, leaving the stadium last night, it sort of dawned on me. Oh my God, this is, that's it for this season in the stadium. It's kind of crazy. It's insane. They, they, they call college football a sprint and man, it hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday when, when USC finished its season against UCLA, I looked down, the, the record was eight and four. I did some quick math and I realized, wow, USC's season is over. And I feel like just the other day, I was watching USC on the road at BYU, and that was, I believe, back in September. Um, that's how fast this thing goes when, when you get into it. Um, so, I mentioned the Big 12 championship game being set. Um, I, I also, and you, you did mention Oregon going down last night on the road at Arizona State. As we sit here this morning, on Sunday morning the 24th, the Sooners' playoff hopes looks better now than... It did last week when we got together and, and, and talked about the win against Baylor. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly does. I mean, the, the Oregon Oregon going down was huge because Oregon was always going to be the biggest obstacle, I felt like, uh, for OU. Now, that doesn't account for a scenario where uh, Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game or Minnesota beats Ohio State in the SEC, in the Big Ten title game. I mean, either of those sorts of things – um, would would throw additional wrenches in all this, but I mean, assuming that everybody wins, you know, that LSU wins the SEC uh, championship and Ohio State wins a Big Ten championship, um, Oregon was always going to be the biggest obstacle because if it was Oregon versus OU, I could have seen, you know, it was it was going to be pretty tough for OU to to surpass them. I think that, you know, I, I as much as I hate to say it because I don't think it's fair. I think logos matter, and I think that if if it's Oklahoma versus Utah, I think OU's going to have an easier time getting past them. And I'm not and I'm not concerned for OU about Alabama. I just don't think they're going to put Alabama in the playoff. I think Alabama is pretty much peaked out at number five where they are right now. I think that people will move past them um, as the season goes on. But um, but Oregon losing was huge for them. I mean, uh, and everyone knew it uh, in the in the third quarter. Right after OU scored to go up 28-17, they, they played highlights from the Arizona State-Oregon game, and they showed that Arizona State was winning 13-7, to and the crowd just went nuts um, because everybody knew that Oregon was a big, big obstacle in their way. So um, now at this point, you know, if OU can win out, they're going to be in pretty good shape. I'm not saying they'll definitely make it, but they, I think they're, they, they have to feel a lot better today than they felt yesterday. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There, I think there was about a two-week period where – after the, the Kansas State lost, you wondered if Oklahoma was playing for a national championship this season. And, you know, as I sit here, I, I definitively can say Oklahoma now going to, going to Stillwater uh, for this Bedlam game is playing for a national championship. I think this team is good enough. I told you that six weeks ago. I told you that seven weeks ago. That top to bottom, when you compare Oklahoma to other teams in the top ten, They've got weapons, and this season is different than it was before, uh, the last three, four, five years in the college football playoff where you had a, a front runner that was just head and shoulders better than everybody else. But I think what we've learned is LSU's defense is maybe just as bad as Oklahoma's. 
I mean, there is a common opponent, and it's Texas. And both defenses did not play well in those football games. And, and we see Texas today. Texas loses another football game, Jason. Texas isn't a quality win anymore. It's hard to believe. Uh, Texas Ugh. is not a quality win this season. It's What's happening to Texas is truly unbelievable. I mean, I think Sam Ellinger is going to regret for the rest of his life saying, we're back at the, <laughs> uh, at the Sugar Bowl. I mean – Jeez, man, how are they? How are they that bad? I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I certainly, uh, I don't, I don't get it either. But um, you, you look at the Sooners now, and and you're right. I, they're they're in the driver's seat compared to to a to a Utah. I think just because of of the logo alone and a guy named Jalen Hurts. And I think you're right. It's not fair, but it's true. I also. I, I caution you to pump the brakes on on the Alabama being out, regardless situation, because of exactly what you just said, and that is logos mattering. What happens if Oklahoma does lose uh, in Stillwater? What happens if Oklahoma does lose to Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, and Utah goes ahead and wins the Pac-12 championship, and you're sitting there with a decision between – Utah and Alabama. It's the same situation that you just talked about between Oklahoma and Utah. Except Lo- bo- except Oklahoma and Utah both have conference championships and Alabama doesn't in that scenario. And, and I would think that that would, that would matter. I, I just I, – I cannot – I don't think there is any justification for putting Alabama in over a one-loss conference champion this year. Two, you know, two years ago when they got in over a two-loss Ohio State, well, that was two-loss Ohio State, um, right. and I didn't even agree with that at that time. I don't think there's any justification. I think that if Alabama, with with their weak schedule and their one loss in the one game that mattered so far, now if they beat Auburn, that's different, I guess, but that would be a four-loss Auburn team. Um, if they put Alabama in over a twelve and one Pac twelve champion Utah or a twelve and one Big Twelve champion Oklahoma, I think that there would be revolt. I, I just I don't I don't think they can do that and get away with it. And and I and I don't think they could possibly justify it. Well, I can promise you this. If Alabama goes to Jordan Hare Stadium this Saturday and beats Auburn forty eight to 10. I think that's the, all the justification that this committee needs. I don't agree no. with it. I don't disagree with it. I, I, but as we sit here today, I agree with you. I say Bama doesn't deserve to be in, uh, especially if, if, if Utah does end up being a conference champion. But if the Iron Bowl is a blowout, man, I, this committee is, has shown in the past that they are addicted to the University of Alabama. And when you're staring at a Utah logo and a Bama logo, and you're thinking about your moneymaker, which is the college football playoff. And am I going to go conspiracy theory on you again for the second straight week? I guess I am. Here we are. I think you take a look at Oklahoma, you take a look at Utah, and you take a look at Alabama. Those three programs. If Oklahoma does lose and it's Bama or Utah, man, would I be shocked if the committee had the balls to put Utah in over Alabama. Well, I would hope that they do. that Because it would be the right thing. I'm, I'm sorry. A- Alabama... With with you know one quality win on the whole season over a four loss team, I, I just I you know I, I I don't know how you can possibly justify it. Maybe you can find a way. I'm sure a lot of people in the state of Alabama would would find ways to justify it, but 
Um, I think that would be just flat out wrong. Um, it, it would be the most egregious thing in college football playoff history if that happened. Can we agree sitting here now that if Oklahoma does win out, that we believe that they will be in the college football playoff? Well, you know, I think it'll come down to them and, and Utah if Utah wins out. I mean, I think that would be um, that would be the debate. And and the interesting thing is, I think that probably yes, that OU would get in because of the logo. Whether that's right or wrong, I think they would get in. Um, but I think as of right now, as of as we sit here today, we know that the committee views Utah as the better team because they ra- they're ranking them higher. Um, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's that's what uh, the committee clearly the committee clearly views them as the higher ranked or as the as the better team. So will that stay the same? Um, you know, when it, when push comes to shove, when they have to make that final decision, I don't know. The last thing I'll say about the playoff race, and then I want to get into this this game with Oklahoma State this weekend as well. I'll say this in regards to this four team field. And, and Oklahoma's chances is that the SEC championship game is really important because if Georgia beats LSU in Atlanta, there is a high probability that both of those teams get in, and we're looking at there's, two SEC teams. Yeah, there's a 100 percent probability that they're both getting in. I, I respect 100%. your ability to say 100 percent. I respect it, but I'm just who, like who? thinking if Georgia beats LSU, like you know. 35 to 10 and they've got one loss and Oklahoma beats Baylor 50 to, you know, seven. Yeah, I, I don't think it's 100%. I think you have a conversation at that point. Maybe you have a conversation, but I still think it's a hundred percent. You really think the committee is going to keep, they would love to put two sec teams if they can justify it. Right. And, no, and I don't disagree. Uh, it would, it would take a, like a, uh, just a, a heroic effort from Georgia to dominate LSU like that. I don't, I don't think that happens. But, I don't think they have. The and, and I tend to agree with that. you. And by the way, we're like, ar- like we're we're arguing over like three or four percentage points. Like you say, a hundred percent. I say ninety six percent. So it's not <laughs> right. like it's not like we're we're like you know way off on this. Um, but if Georgia beats LSU and and Clemson and Ohio State stays chalk, like no matter what Oklahoma does, it. it probably won't matter and I, and I think that's important to note yeah I mean I, I think uh, I, I think absolutely I mean I think that I think and I think you're right I mean I think that we're, we're probably arguing about about a very small percentage difference here I mean I, I just think that LSU has such a strong resume on its uh, on you know before the SEC title game they've won so many big games and by the way can I just uh Throw a quick shout out to Ed Orgeron for the quote of the century last night. What did he say? He said that um, I'm going to ask why they didn't celebrate beating Arkansas, and he said we're not going to celebrate it beating Arkansas. They haven't beat anybody in a long time. Holy cow! <laughs> oh man, how far has hey, that program gotta, fallen? Why you got to kick the Hogs when they're down? I thought the Hogs showed some fight in that first quarter. They did. I'm just saying, like, what a quote. What a quote. It's a, it's a good quote. It's a good quote. Leave it to leave it to Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers to kick other programs while they're down when they're having their best season in a while. I think that's why a lot of people get pissed off about LSU. 
I mean, I, I've got no problem with Ed Orgeron and, and, and LSU, but man, the the grandstanding, the the braggadocious behavior, the quotes like that from Ed Orgeron. You may love it, Jason. I don't necessarily love it. You're I don't, talking about I, a, you're, you're talking about a yeah. fellow SEC program that's that's been on some hard times, that just fired a head coach that's trying to get. You know, I, I get it. I, I get it, that, and that's why the LSU fans love Ed Orgeron. But is it the most? Is it the classiest thing to say after after a a conference team fires a head coach and tries to move into the next direction? I don't know. Uh, okay, all right. Well, you're making me feel bad now. Okay, all right, all right. I just love good <laughs> quotes. It's a great quote. Don't get me wrong. And and listen, man. Like, and let's just be real. Like, there's. Like I've got a problem, like a baseline issue with 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 LSU this year, right? And that baseline issue is that LSU and people in Baton Rouge, the national media, the local media, acts like this LSU team is the best team in college football history. If Oklahoma, yeah. if Oklahoma was undefeated, Jason, with the defense that LSU has, people would be calling the Sooners a Big Twelve team that can't play defense, that doesn't deserve to get in. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that, and that is annoying. As someone who who has covered the Big 12 for a long time and and uh, you know, has has watched how when uh, when a when a Big 12 game is is has a final of 50 to 47, um, the uh, you know, the 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 national narrative is well that's just the big 12 when the same thing happens in the sec it's wow what a great game yeah i i've i've seen that hypocrisy for a long time um so i i completely understand what you're saying there and so i i'm with you there absolutely man, I, I i maybe i'm just like in the mood to rant this morning i don't know why like i'm, I'm feeling edgy man like i told you before the show we started recording like the first the first graph of your postgame column triggered me like man, I'm just like maybe. I'm, what's the deal, man? Why am I on edge this morning? I don't know, but I stand by the first graph of my of my post game column. <laughs> I agree with it. Like I, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts is is not as good as Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Like I'm not gonna argue that, but but I mean, I just can we just marvel for one second about his ability and just like total commitment to running between the tackles as a quarterback? Like you don't see that every day. No, you don't. I mean, it's what he does well. It's 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 absolutely what he does well. It's um, and it is it is impressive. He's tough. He's a really really tough dude, and he's a good quarterback. I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. He's just not a Heisman quarterback. No, I agree. There's too many turnovers. I think if you take all the turnovers away over the last two or three weeks, then then we're having a different conversation. Uh, you know, those turnovers. And, and he's talked about that after the game, how important they are. You know what? The turnovers are part of it. But then there's also just other little – I mean, the the fifth, I think it's the fifth play of the game. Um, you know, he has Charleston Rambo open on a deep post route, and he missed him. And that's just not a play – that's not a throw that Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray ever missed. And it's just things like that. This is not the same offense. And that's okay – it's just not the same offense. Let's turn the page because there's there's something to be excited about if you're if you're a Sooners fan right now. Ten and one, first in the Big Twelve, playing the Big Twelve championship game against Baylor. You've got a rematch, a chance to make a statement. Remember, we talked about last week how because 
Baylor got off to that big lead. The game was close. If you go dominate Baylor again, I think that reflects very well on this Oklahoma team. And then they get to go on the road this week in a hostile environment against a ranked team for another W. So this season, I'm telling you, is it's everything's right out in front of this football team, and it's exciting. And it's Bedlam week, and it's Thanksgiving week. So like, can you set the table for us? I mean, first of all, let's, let's talk about the rivalry. Like, where does it stand in 2019? Uh, the rivalry between these two programs. What's the feeling in, inside the state of Oklahoma? Well, I mean, it's it's it, it's a lot like it's been, I think, for the last several years. Oklahoma has historically and recently dominated this rivalry in terms of wins and losses. Um, but Oklahoma State has come close. Last year, they're a, a good two-point conversion pass away from, from beating OU and Norman. Um, and, and yet again, Oklahoma state has put together a nice season. They're eight and three. They are ranked, um, even despite having their quarterback gone for the season with a season ending injury and Tylen Wallace, who was a Blitnikoff, um, final or a Blitnikoff candidate, um, who really, really gave them a lot of problems last year, having him out for the season with an ACL. I mean, um, they, they are still finding ways to win. I think that Chuba Hubbard's the best player in the country. I still believe that he's the best player in the country. He's going to be a load, a handful for them. Um, but I, I think the feeling generally is that OU's probably going to win the game because OU um, does seem to be the better team. And uh, OSU is, is a little bit depleted. but uh, And because they've, they've just so thoroughly dominated the rivalry historically. But um, this is not going to be a gimme game. I mean... OU has clinched its spot in the Big 12 championship game, but OSU has a lot to play for. They love beating Oklahoma. I mean, that for a long time, that was all they cared about, and uh, that's not so much the case anymore. But they love beating Oklahoma, and they're gonna, they're gonna, OU's gonna get everything they've got. We've got a special podcast coming out this week. Um, you can look for it Tuesday morning uh, in your feed. And it's looking back on the last 10 years. And when you think about this rivalry, Bedlam, and you, and you, you mentioned the history, you know, Oklahoma State has only won two football games against Oklahoma this decade. They've got one last chance to do it at home. I think this is a really, really tough football game. Where would you set the line? Uh, Oklahoma is clearly going to, to go into this game as a favorite. I think that's what the public perception will be, especially with people talking about them being in the – the driver's seat, if you will, for maybe that fourth spot in the college football playoff. I think Oklahoma's going to be favored by about a touchdown or so. Yeah, I think between a touchdown and, and 10 probably would, would be where the line is set. I mean, uh, again, Oklahoma State not having Spencer Sanders, not having Tylen Wallace, I think that uh, that makes a difference. Um, you know, they had a little bit of trouble uh, yesterday in Morgantown against West Virginia. Um, but they've got Chuba Hubbard, and I think he makes a big difference. So, um, I, yeah, I'd say between 7 and 10 or so would probably be about where the line is. Are you concerned about Chuba Hubbard? I mean, that's a guy that you we talked about. You had ranked number one in your Heisman straw poll, one of the best players in college football. This Oklahoma defense, clearly some issues. I mean, is there a chance that, that the Sooners show up in Stillwater and, and Chuba just runs it down their throat and Oklahoma goes home with an L? That feels There's realistic cool- to me. Of course, there's a chance, but I would say, and for for the record, he's still number one in my straw poll. 
Um, uh, I, I submitted my uh, most recent vote late last night. He's still nice. number one. Um, but uh, I got to say about this defense, though, I mean, we the perception is that they're not very good or that they have a lot of problems. This defense allowed barely over 200 yards last night um, and played extremely well. I mean, and seven of the points that were scored were not their fault. Were, seven of the points that were scored last night were Jalen Hurts' fault um, because of a pick six. And so um, this Oklahoma defense is playing really, really well right now. Um, I'm not saying they're going to totally shut down Chuba Hubbard. I'm not sure you can totally shut down Chuba Hubbard, but um, I, I, I feel... You know that you know. I still see a lot of tweets and 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 things from national uh, people um, that that talk about the OU defense being a liability. And look, they had they had two and a half bad games, and other than that, they've been really good. Um, and I think they deserve credit for that. This this defense is so much better than it was last year. They are not even close to being the worst defense in the league. And so. Um, Chuba Hubbard's going to give anybody problems, I guess would be my point. I'm excited about this game. I, I really am. Uh, it, it's Sunday morning. I'm already looking forward to it, but we've got a lot of football this week. Man, how do you how do you budget out a, a rivalry week, a Thanksgiving week, a, a busy week? Uh, there's so much going on personally and professionally for you this week. How do you manage your time? Oh, like I do every week, man. Just, uh, you know, just uh... – just got to do it. I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of interesting angles to cover this week. I think, uh, uh, you know, Grant Calcaterra, uh, we haven't even talked about Grant Calcaterra yet. Um, OU's junior tight end who retired because of concussions, um, who was one of their better offensive players, certainly last season and, and hadn't been as involved this season, but, but still extremely talented guy with a bright NFL future. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of things, a lot of ground to cover this week, but that's, that's not going to stop me from eating a lot of turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and all that good stuff and pie. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Let's go. What type of pie do you prefer? Well, pumpkin at this time of year. I, I, apple is, is always, uh, you know, top of my list. I, anything. I'll eat anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Me too. Me too. When, you, when I think about pumpkin pie, apple pie. Those two are my favorites. Uh, do you like it cold or you like it warm? Um, warm. I prefer warm. I prefer warm. Yeah, it's perfect at this time of year when the weather's starting to get cold. Just perfect. What type of ice cream? You throwing an ice cream on that plate? Oh, vanilla, absolutely, yeah. vanilla. And can can I go on a quick rant about vanilla, real quick? Please do. Just real quick. I find it to be a travesty of the English language that we have allowed the word vanilla to become like a synonym for plain or boring. I think that's crap. Okay. Vanilla is a great flavor. And, um, I don't know. It offends me. It offends me as a writer. It offends me, you know, as a, as an English speaking person that that word should not mean plain or boring. So just throwing that out there. You know, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Let's, let's take an assault on the word vanilla. Let's start using it as much as we possibly can. Let's start using it to describe, like when OU's offense just is sort of uh, bland or whatever, let, let's not say that it's a vanilla offense. When OU's offense is creative and exciting and explosive, then let's say, man, that's a vanilla offense. <laughs> I think it'll confuse a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> My wife has had to heard me do that exact rant so many times, so if she listens to this podcast, she doesn't. Um, then, uh, you know, she's going to be pretty annoyed because I've talked about this a lot. I'm a vanilla. I've, I've, 
I like it yeah. too. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm completely on your side. I am. I, I do like vanilla very much, and it goes perfectly with pumpkin pie or or apple pie. Um, remember, uh, if you're listening to the show uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're available. Uh, do us a favor and and review the show. Uh, rate the show. Tell us what you like about it. Um, it means a lot to us, and, and it helps us as well. So um, if you're enjoying the show, if you like it, if you come back each week, do us a solid and, and subscribe, rate, and review the show. And if you want more, if you haven't pulled the trigger yet uh, for a scri- subscription to The Athletic, it, it's about the time, and, and this week will be a good week. You can always... You can always get a subscription for 40% off by using our our specific link, theathletic.com the slash theoutsideworld. Uh, if you go there, you can get 40% off. And I gave you a tease in regards to our special podcast episode, Remembering the 2010s. It'll drop on Tuesday. That's free and available to everyone. And I heard from a, a little birdie through the grapevine that the athletic will be having a Black Friday deal this week as well, Jason. So, I mean, if if there's if there's a good time to get subscribed to the Athletic and and read Jason and and listen to our subscriber only podcast that Jason hosts uh, that drops every Thursday. If you want all that good content, and now's a good time for it with Oklahoma State during Rivalry Week with Baylor in the Big Twelve Championship game with a possible matchup versus LSU or Clemson. In the college football playoff semifinal game, man, Oklahoma season, Jason, it could get fun really quickly here over the next four to six weeks. It's going to be nothing but interesting, as it always is at this time of year. I'm John Hayes. I told you you can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on air. Go there, please. Troll me, and and I'll make sure to to troll you back. And you can follow Jason for some real journalism um, at Jason Kersey. Um, until next time, it's the outside world. Jason, any final thoughts? I'd appreciate if you if you signed off on the podcast today with some final thoughts for the week during Thanksgiving week. Well, it's just going to be, I mean, the, 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 there's no way to overstate the importance of this game from a from a morale perspective uh, in terms of winning the, the Bedlam rivalry and sort of owning the state for a year. Um, there's, you know, from a perspective of the momentum going into the big 12 championship game. And then obviously from the perspective of, uh, of getting to the college football playoff. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think a lot about the 2002 season and I know that's going back a long ways, but the 2002 season, uh, Oklahoma went into the regular season finale at Oklahoma state. They'd already clinched a spot in the big 12 championship game. Um, and they were probably never going to make the national title game that year because uh, Ohio State and Miami were both undefeated. But uh, OU went to Stillwater and got blasted and lost the game, still went on to win the Big 12, still went on to win the Rose Bowl that year and finished, uh, I, I believe, 11-2 and two, or 12-2. and two. I, I don't remember how many games they were playing back then, probably 11-2. and two. But that season to, you know, still sort of feels weird because they got blasted in Bedlam, even though they won the Big 12, even though they won the Rose Bowl. This game is important. They've already clinched a spot in the Big 12 title game. Um, they can still win the league and go to a really good bowl game and end the season really well. They've won 10 games. But if they lose to, they lose to Oklahoma State, that's going to put a real damper on this season. So they need to win this game. 100%. It's a must win. Every game moving forward is a must win football game for the Sooners. And that's a really good place to be when you've got a guy like Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley 
um, his coach who have been in must-win situations before. There's a bunch of teams across the country. Um, I'm looking at looking at you, LSU. <clears throat> um, Texas A&M this weekend. A lot of people aren't giving, giving the Aggies any love, but the Aggies played, played Auburn well. The, the Aggies played Georgia well this weekend. Um, the Aggies uh, suffered a big-time loss to Alabama. Texas A&M is a good football team. They're not great. They're not going to make the playoff. They're not going to play for the SEC championship game. But if you sleep on Texas A&M, I promise you, it could possibly come back to bite you. So you got to watch out for LSU this weekend. Of course, the Iron Bowl means so much on rivalry weekend. You've got Bedlam as well. And, of course, you've got the game. You've got Ohio State and Michigan. It's that time of year. It's a football feast. We've got it covered for you on the athletic college football, NFL, European football, if you're into that sort of thing. The holiday fixture season is coming up in the athletic. Has you covered there. And wink, wink, by the way, I've seen some podcasts uh, drafted over the last week or so in regards to that uh, European coverage that we have. So if you're a soccer fan, um, keep an eye out on theathletic.com and on the, on the Athletic app for those new podcasts that will be dropping soon. I'm John Hayes. It's Jason Kersey. I'll talk to you next week. Jason will be back later this week for a subscriber-only podcast with more previewing the Bedlam matchup. And, of course, I mentioned that special pod that will drop on Tuesday. Make sure you check that out. We'll talk to you soon.